2: In the second period. Penguins lead the Ducks 2-1. Also early in the second, Golden Knights and Blue Jackets are scoreless late in the first. Boston up 1-0 on Montreal, and the Senators up 2-zip on the Predators. In about an hour, it's the Islanders taking on the Avalanche. Five-game homestand for the Oilers starts tomorrow. It'll end on New Year's Eve. Tomorrow's opponent, the St. Louis Blues, we have it for you on 6.30, Chad with the face-off show at 5.30. The game will start at 7. The Oilers losing last night 4-2 in Vancouver. And Edmonton sitting in the second and final wild card spot in the Western Conference. They are three points ahead of Minnesota. One back of Vegas. Two back of both Anaheim and San Jose. So from an Oilers perspective, they would love Pittsburgh to beat the Ducks tonight. We will keep you updated. If you would like to chime in this evening, and I believe this is a topic you may have some passion for, seven eight zero four nine six. 00063 is the phone number. You can also text 630-630. And head coach Ken Hitchcock of the Edmonton Oilers, after almost a month on the job, is wading into those waters. Penalty calls... On Connor McDavid, is he taking abuse? Is he being interfered with? Are all the appropriate calls being made? Well, last night after the loss in Vancouver, he said the tug of war on McDavid was ridiculous. He also said McDavid can't play give and go because it's give and hold. He's talked more today after the Oilers' optional practice at Rogers Place, and uh, he said, yeah, I've been noticing this since three or four games as the coach. I've been talking about it to other people, and... Last night, he decided to make it public. And a little bit more on what he's talking about here.
3: No, I haven't heard from the league. Not that I care. But, um, you know, for me, it's... Look, as an opposition coach, you target key players. And that's, that's what you do. And you figure out where you can negate them, where you can discourage them, and that's your job. But as a coach who has an elite player, your job is to protect that player. And I... I've always, and not in a derogatory manner, but I've always considered referees just to be wallpaper, and they're just part of the fabric of the game. And for me, I also feel like my job is to protect my players, that's my job. And, and when I feel like a player um, isn't being able to exploit his skills, legally then I, I get mad and it's no different than what they did to Zuboff or what they did to Medano or or any of these guys. It's, uh, it's the same feeling I have is that that's my job and it meant I, I, I mean I meant nothing derogatory towards the referees at all but my job is to make sure that that uh, I protect my players in a proper manner. You know if if they're just lying on the ice or they're whining and crying and not much is happening, uh, I don't have any sympathy for a player on my own team that acts and behaves like that. But when I believe that the player is trying to fight through uh, what I see, then then I, I got to protect them. And that's, that's what I did.
2: Alright, so a little bit more from Hitchcock and we have more from him, obviously, throughout Inside Sports tonight. He continues to be very interesting to listen to. He's a great salesman, I'll tell you that. He uh, he gets you to listen. He's well-spoken. He uh, brings up interesting points and concepts and I-, I think we have to accept at least to uh, some point on a lot of what he says. He's given you a sell job. He's been very positive about players and uh, here he's, sa- he's saying hey, I'm not being derogatory towards the refs. I did, found- I did find it funny when he said, I don't mean this in a negative way, but I've always kind of considered them to be wallpaper. They're they're part of the fabric of the game. Uh, So he's, he's doing his job here Lobbying for either more power plays and or a little bit more room for Connor McDavid to wind up. As an aside here, I, lo- I love what he said off the top because he was asked if he'd heard anything from the league about those comments last night, and he said, no, I haven't heard anything from the league, not that I care, and I think that's the uh, beauty of having a veteran coach, one of the winningest of all time, who is? Uh, I don't know how long he's going to coach the Oilers. I don't know how much longer he's going to coach in the NHL. This could be a one and done for here he, he, for him here in Edmonton. Maybe he winds up sticking around. He turns sixty-seven today. He's extremely accomplished. I, I've sh- what are they going to do? Fine him? Okay, go ahead. I, I mean, he, that's kind of what he was saying. And it's it's a nice luxury to be able to approach your job with that attitude. Yeah, I'm melted off to the authorities. Oh, well. <laughs> so I do appreciate that. But he did say about McDavid, with, and with a lot of elite players, where on the ice do you discourage them? Where on the ice do you try to hinder them? And he, he said there again that he, that he feels the Oilers have a, an elite player who isn't being able to exploit his skills. So he called it a tug-of-war last night. He called it give and hold. And he expanded on that thought about where on the ice an opposing team might try to stop Connor McDavid.
3: And you're looking at players like Connor or other players like that. It's, it's not, are you gonna try to stop him? It's where do you stop him? And Connor's a very unique player in that you can't stop him at the puck. Uh, where you stop him is before he gets involved in the play. And that's the part that bothers me. And you can't catch everything and you can't see everything because a lot of what happens is way behind the play. And uh, I just feel like that's my job is to allow my best players to play. And I've got to do that. And, and what I see is, uh, is an inability for an elite player to get up into the play and not like he's not trying. You know, if it's another player who's falling down or acting or whatever, that's a whole different story. I don't have like I said, I don't have any sympathy for my own player doing that, but this is a little bit different and so I spoke out about it.
2: So Hitchcock explains that McDavid also often comes from behind the play. So he's winding up and coming through you know, the middle up the boards to get a pass while he's in motion and then attack with that speed of his. So Hitch is saying as McDavid is trying to wind up and and get up to the puck to where it is to receive a pass while he's streaking through, that he is being hindered back at that point, so behind the puck. You know, Hitch said a lot of players, you try to stop them when they get the puck. Once they get the puck, they're dangerous. you got to try to slow them down. McDavid is dangerous as he's winding up to receive the puck in, in a second or two. So he's saying that McDavid is being hindered here to the point where he has an inability to get up into the play. So that that's Hitch's explanation for it. I Look, we have clearly seen that at certain times during the young man's career. We have seen this happen to in maybe different areas of the ice, but we have seen this happen to other star players on other teams. And we have heard this topic uh, been brought up through various eras of hockey with various star players. And this is all, the, to me, this is part of the gamesmanship of the game. Hitch came out and said it, I am doing my job. You know, yeah, I'm going to target star players on other teams, but I have to stand up for my guy if I feel he is being hindered in some way from exploiting his greatest asset. And for McDavid, that is his speed. Obviously, he's great at a whole bunch of other things, but his speed and his ability to storm through the middle and just blow by players is what makes him the most dangerous. So if Hitch says, you know what, he's being tugged on, he's being grabbed, he's being hindered from doing that good for him for jumping in there and trying to do something about it. Look, and and I want to be careful here because... This is obviously going to be an Edmonton-centric topic. Other star players in other markets, they've had these discussions about them currently or in the past. That's how it goes. You, you want your stars to be able to score. If you have the advantage of having a, an amazing player on your team, you want it to be an advantage more often than not. I, I, I do want to say this, though. It, it is not Connor McDavid's birthright to draw the most penalties in the NHL. And he has not this year. Alexander Barkov has drawn the most penalties at 19. That's actually a pretty... He has a pretty substantial lead over the next guy. Dylan Larkin is at 14. I'm getting this off the uh, website Natural Stat Trick, by the way, which is a pretty good site to look at. Connor McDavid has drawn 10 penalties. Same amount as Matthew Kachuk, Yanni Gord, Joe Pavelski, Antoine Roussel, Nico Heesher, and a bunch of other guys. He's drawn fewer penalties than Landeskog, than Marchand, than Gallagher. I'm just listing off some ways. Ryan Hartman has drawn more players, and the one who uh, a lot of you have brought up today, Warren Fogle of the Carolina Hurricanes, has drawn more penalties than Connor McDavid. Now, okay, that that's that's curious. That's curious, but it shouldn't necessarily be that Connor McDavid should be first. But I think we've all seen instances where you think oh, wait a minute, why is that not a call? McDavid was impeded in some way, and by the letter of the law, that's supposed to be a penalty. How you say, look, good for Hitch for going to bat form. Like he has said, he's doing his job as a coach. I I don't think he's doing it in an attacking way. He's not coming out there and ranting and raving in front of microphones. He's not calling the refs' names. He's not yelling. He's very matter-of-fact and very measured about it. And he's hoping for a break or two along the way. And I do want to say this. Over the course of the Oilers' nice little run under Hitchcock going 9-3-2, and two, they've had some calls go their way. I, I think it's important to recognize that. And some of them, I think, were the right calls. But when you have a video review, especially for goalie interference, sometimes you don't know how it's going to go because a guy may grab a goalie's pad and pull his legs apart, and the puck may go in that pad, and it may not be waved off on review. But the Oilers got a a goalie interference call against St. Louis that went their way, where I thought, well, okay, I guess I can see the goal being waved off. Not sure there should have been a penalty. That was on Tarasenko of the Blues. Don't forget, in that game, the power plays were 5-2 in favor of the Oilers. They've had some breaks their way. Calgary has a goal waved off for goalie interference. Next game for the Oilers, Leon Dreisaitl commits a similar-looking bump on the goaltender. The Oilers' goal counted. So they have had some calls go their way. It's helped them win some of these close games uh, along the stretch here. Uh, but all Hitch is saying he sees certain things happening to McDavid. And he, he he's either he's planting the seed here for the refs to call a little more, or maybe other teams hear this and think they got to back off a little bit. I don't know if that's going to work but he's playing the long game with this, I think. You can chime in at 780-496-00638. You can text 63630. This portion of the show presented by Furnace Family, your 24-7.
0: Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zipline through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas.
2: Furnace repair and replacement specialists call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. We're back after the break.
3: Hi, this is Ryan Nugent-Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 6:30. Chad.
2: From Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee, Def Leppard. You got me running from their 1981 album, High and Dry. Most people are like, what's he talking about? That's okay, everybody. It is 622 Inside Sports on 630 Chet. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. A couple of weeks ago we were talking about uh, happy hitch. I don't know what we could call him today. But Chris texts in. He says, hey, Reed, more gold from Hitch today. I had no idea he was this savvy about how he uses the media. He has the fans in the palm of his hands, wins help, but he's very sharp. That is a text from Chris to six thirty six thirty. 630 Kellen, I don't know if you've noticed this. The uh, mm. I don't know who started it, if it was those uh, bagged milk and those guys over at Oilers Nation, but a lot of Oilers fans have changed their... Profile picture on Twitter to various pictures of Ken Hitchcock. Ah, like you, you'll scroll through your timeline and you'll see like forty pictures of Hitch as you're as you're going through the timeline. Happy birthday, Ken! By the way, and it is his birthday—sixty-seven years of age. Okay, you know what? This is interesting. These two texts came in back to back. And uh, I, I think I'm going to read one text, and then the other texter, who, who didn't know, obviously, this was being sent in, but he basically answered the question. Uh, so uh, this j- individual says, uh, uh, what's your thought on what Hitchcock meant by saying we're going to play toughness with him? That's something Hitchcock said after the game. Uh, he might have said gritty guys, but he, but he basically said, well, we can put some guys with McDavid who are maybe a little more physical. Uh, Then Gene has texted in and he says, uh, Reed, at one time we had enforcers to protect our players. The league didn't like that, so they have regulated them out upon the premise that the league would protect the players. It's quite obvious that the league hasn't stepped up to the plate. I say bring back the enforcers The league, it seems to me, doesn't have the will or the means to fulfill the obligation they wanted. Hockey is hockey. It's a contact game to the league. Put your money where your mouth is or let it go and let the chips fall where they may. That is a text coming in from Gene. Yeah, I mean, could Hitchcock put uh, Lucic and Cassian on McDavid's line? Sure. Are you going to do that for a full game? Well, probably not because Lucic and Cassian don't score very often. Probably even if they were with McDavid. Uh, can Looch go up to a guy who's uh, hooked or slashed McDavid a little bit and tell him to settle down? Yeah, he can. I think, you know, Luch still tries to fill that role. If, if Looch grabs a guy and beats the tar out of him, he's going to get fined or suspended. I mean, he did a little bit there with Tampa Bay. If, a guy, if Luch wants to get a guy to square up with him, great. Not a lot of players are going to do that. And, I, and I'm not saying that I necessarily want that where, <laughs> Where you you know you want it to be the Wild West and players going into the stands like they they were was it in Boston or Madison Square Garden in the seventies? Uh, so I don't know I don't know if you want it to go to go that far, but I, but I understand what Gene is uh, Gene is saying. Okay, wow, people are really getting their uh, they're getting their typing fingers out tonight after hearing that Hitchcock stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you sign your name or your handle to your text, I appreciate it so I don't have to say unnamed texter all the time. I like to get to know you a little bit. But anyway, this anonymous texter says, the issue is the culture of the game. That culture is reinforced by the players, the coach, and the officials, some members of the media, and the fans. People want the referees to call the rule book, but they always qualify that expectation. The referees call the game tight, and people complain that they're not letting the players play. So referees back off on the calls, and then people complain they're not being consistent people of one expectation for the uh, uh, people want one expectation for the standard of officiating the beginning of the season in the middle of the season and during the playoffs people say they don't want the referees to decide the game and they want players and they want the players to, but not calling penalties or calling penalties equally influence the outcome of the game. Until the expectations are consistent, we can't expect consistency from the officials. So this texture is saying that uh, there is some inconsistency in what the observers of the game, whether you're a fan, coach, manager, or media member want, so the officials will, will never please everybody, which which I think is true. And I think ultimately most fans would say don't call the ticky-tack stuff. If it's 50-50, maybe leave your whistle in your pocket. But again, I I, I think what Hitchcock is saying that he, he feels there's obvious stuff happening on McDavid. Uh, that isn't being called and so therefore you're inhibiting one of the skilled players of the game uh, interesting debate for sure, I'll get to more of your texts at 6.30, 6.30 Doug McLean will chime in on this, he knows all about it, he's with Sportsnet, used to be a coach and GM in the NHL, he's after the 6.30 news, coming right back This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 6.30 Chad. All right, will it be Talbot tomorrow against the St. Louis Blues? He beat them 3-2 in a shootout earlier this month. Of course, the game on Chad 530 face-off show, and the puck will drop at 7. The Ducks have now tied it with the Penguins. It's 2-2 late in the second period. Final minute of the second frame. No score between the Golden Knights and the Blue Jackets. After one, Bruins up one nothing in Montreal. Senators leading the Predators 3-0. Islanders and Avalanche will face off in about half an hour. The Edmonton Oil Kings wrapped up the first half of their season with a couple of home ice wins on the weekend. General Manager Kurt Hill will join us on the show a little bit later on. Getting some uh, really interesting texts to 630-630. I will catch up on those later this week half hour as I do have a, a guest standing by and of course I want to keep playing you some of uh, Hitchcock's comments from his availability earlier today of course he was asked a lot about uh, expanding on clarifying what he said after yesterday's game about the tug of war on McDavid that it's not give and go, it's uh, given hold and uh, here's something he said about penalties and power plays.
3: I don't really care about penalties or if, if you need the power play to win games shame on you. If you need that to win games like This is a five on five league and it gets to be more and more five on five as the season progresses. And to me, it's more um, being involved uh, in in a closer manner on the five on five part of hockey. I don't care about, you know, we don't need the power play to win hockey games. We don't need to go on the power play to win hockey games. We just need, we need a chance for our players to participate in the actual shift. That's what I'm fighting
2: for. All right, so there he says it. He's, he's he's fighting for McDavid to participate in the shift. That's an interesting, interesting way to put it. Hitch has a lot of interesting phrases. Maybe they, maybe we need a participate in the shift chant tomorrow at Rogers Place. <laughs> that would be a new one. I don't know how they would do it. Participate. Maybe something like that? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, it's 6.35. Thanks a lot for joining Inside Sports tonight. Doug McClain uh, knows about the battle. Hitch is fighting. He's an analyst with the NHL on Rogers, former coach and GM in the NHL. Doug, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Great, great. It's great to have you on the show. So we cannot talk about hockey, but as Ken Hitchcock called it, the ridiculous tug of war we saw last night between the Oilers and the Canucks. He's never short of a good quote, is he? <laughs>
1: No, oh, no, he he's right at the top of the list. He goes to bed every night trying to come up with a line he can give the media the next day so that they'll all run around and say, "Wow, this is this is special. It's great. It's uh, I've heard them all before, just different names now. It's good."
2: Well, it's working because one of the reasons we got you onto the show is to is to talk about it. But you're right; it's 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 different names from different coaches and and, and Hitch and, and he talked today after the optional skate and said, "Look, I'm the coach of the Oilers, so so I got to stand up for Oilers players." Um, so I, I I guess how do you look? You've been on the bench, you've been a GM. I guess whether the message is valid or not, or whether you think you can get other people to to believe it, is it is it important just to step up and deliver it? sometimes
1: listen when, when you've got a guy like Connor mcdavid playing the way he's playing right now and and let's not kid ourselves he has been that good uh you know since hitch took over he he's taken his game in my opinion he's taken his game to another level if if that's even possible with what we watch from this guy every night but you know what uh you, you've got to stick up for your stars there, there's no doubt about that so the question is what is, what is the result? Well, it's a subtle message to the league. I don't blame them a bit for doing it. It's a subtle message. It's also a message to the referees. It's a message to the, to the supervisors. So it goes one of two ways. It's uh, Do they keep a closer eye on it? I think they do. And also, or do they say he, he's not, uh, nobody's going to bully us into making calls? We're going to keep calling it the way we see it. But look, Connor has the puck so much that you're, he, he should draw penalties. He does draw penalties. But uh, he's going to get even, look, as, as the season progresses and we move to each different level of the season, he's going to get more and more attention. I mean, we saw it in the Winnipeg game. Morsey did a, a, I thought Morsi did a terrific job. We saw Pareko in Edmonston last week do a, a pretty solid job on a on a Connor McDavid that wasn't 100%, but they still did a pretty good job. But the checking is going to become tighter and the fouls will become a little more and will the referees let a little more go each each, way, each time the season goes on? And we know in the playoffs they're going to let it go. So, you know what, uh, I, don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with bringing the attention to it and, and having them have a closer look because there's no doubt he gets fouled. There's no doubt about that. Well, and and if I, I was coaching again, if I was coaching against them, uh, whatever Hitch said about fouls, I would say to my guys, "Hey, keep fouling them. We're going to keep fouling them until they're going to cu- um, until they start really calling us. Let's let's keep doing what we're doing if it's helping. But you know what? He, I don't know if it's possible to stop this guy. You know, because some of the plays I've watched him make even recently, uh, they're pretty special. And uh, fouls are not. He still find a way to get the puck to the net. Yeah, well, he still
2: gets uh, a point in over 90% of his team's games. So, yeah, he's, he's right. figured out a way exactly. to, to get on the sheet. I, I think you opened the door there about a, a bigger issue discussion that, that you've probably had hundreds of times in, in your uh, coaching, managing, and broadcasting career, too, is that – you know should should there be more penalties called against the star players or is is hockey stuck in a mentality for lack of a better word are they stuck in a mentality where no 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 we don't want to favor anybody too much we, we got to make sure that the stars are are fighting through just as much abuse if not more than anybody else is, is this something that that is is a problem or we got to work through in the game of hockey or how do you see that doug
1: Uh, Look, uh, there's no doubt that that stars have had to fight through it forever. And they're going to always have to fight through it because they get so much special attention. And every coach that plays the Edmonton Oilers knows that if he can bother Connor McDavid, however, that is going to be the number one issue in every game plan. So, you know, you've got to fight back on that with with. Conversations with referees, with conversations with the league, with conversations with as many people, and as you can, and that's exactly what he's hitch is doing. Uh, so I don't know that they're gonna. It's going to change. I still think he's going to have to fight through it. He plays a sort of game that he's the focal point of every shift. So if he's being fouled, the referees have an ample opportunity to see that because he's got the puck so much. And to me, there's no excuse. If it's a penalty on Dreisaitl, if it's a penalty on Ryan Nuchin Hopkins, or if it's a penalty on Lucic, uh, it should be the same if it's a penalty on Connor.
2: Doug McLean from Sportsnet joining us on Inside Sports. Of course, uh, former coach and general manager in the National Hockey League as well. I asked Hitchcock today to, to take us down to ice level about interacting with with refs and and as 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 talkative as he often is he didn't go into this one too deeply he said it used to be as simple as hey we've had uh we've been shorthanded five times and they haven't been shorthanded at all and that might snap the ref to attention a little bit he said refs are too smart for that nowadays and it's changed too i assume probably with one ref on the ice and now there's two in your coaching career I mean, could you have that talk? Could you, like, in game, Doug? Could you plant a seed? Could you push a button, or, or is that, is that too hard to do in in, in the frenzy of the game happening?
1: There, there's not a coach in the league that, when you've had four a, in a row against you or five in a row against you, there's not a coach. And there's very few players in the league that don't say something to the referee in those situations. And the referee is also cognizant of that. He doesn't want to be the reason a game is decided here. So, you know what? I think it's, it's, it's natural that you make comments to him. You know, do you stand and scream and holler? Well, I used to, and that's why I'm in most referees. When they write a book, I'm usually a few pages of it. about what a jerk I was, you know? So hitch as tough as hitches on his players on the bench, you know, I, I don't, I think he, he has comments to the players, but he certainly doesn't, or to the referees, but he certainly, I've never seen him to be a guy to berate referees. He's smarter than that.
2: Doug, did a ref ever give you what? a penalty? Did you ever, was your team ever shorthanded because you, you dropped the magic word or something? <laughs> are,
1: are you kidding me? <laughs> I, I'll never forget. It was a very valuable lesson. We were playing in Florida. We were leading the Bruins three games to none in the in the first round of the playoffs. And it, we were playing game four in Boston. We're losing the game. And I was giving it to Andy Van Helmen. Andy Van Hellman. all he did in, in game four of the playoffs is he tossed me from the game at the end of the second period. And I thought, you know, I... I probably deserved to uh, to have that have i had some situation there's nothing more embarrassing for a coach when you're down a man you're giving it to the referees and you put your team down two men and it's happened to me and it's happened to every coach and it's not a good feeling all of a sudden you're sweating on the bench saying please kill this please kill this off so it happens all the time in the heat of the battle and you know and i i think uh, any coach any coach should and wants to protect his best player as and stick up for his best player as often as he can. For what Connor McDavid does for the Edmonton Oilers, anybody in their right mind would be sticking up for this guy every time you get a chance.
2: Uh, hey, let's let's just wrap up with one about you know Hitchcock in in general. Maybe look, you can't deny the record nine three and two. He, he certainly get I, I think there have been some changes and, and some reminders about defensive commitment. He's been getting better goaltending, especially at home. I don't think that can be debated. Uh, you know people throw around the term hitch hockey. I, and I think, well okay, you know fair enough, but uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's quite that simple that he came in and, and, and there's a magic wand that has everybody playing hitch hockey. Just what, what do you see as the impact and, and, and the reason for this nice little run here over the last month, Doug?
1: Well, you know what I think. You know, when there's a coaching change, we we see this. It, it, we see this if it's a coaching change of the magnitude this one was. We've seen a couple coaching changes where the teams haven't got any better, and that's because the teams aren't really very good. Let's not kid ourselves. Uh, this is a team that that was not playing to its potential, and it hasn't played to its potential for a while. So, number one, Koskinen's been a great story. Talbot has been better. But their overall defensive game. It, it, when a coach gets fired and a guy like Hitchcock comes in who, who talks nonstop, incessantly about structure and defensive, it's got to change the group, the the group's mental look at defensive play. And when you get the puck in your stick, the first thing you're thinking is safety first. And that's that's and and, I, and and he's done a good job of preaching that. So they have improved in that area. Every team he's gone into has improved in that area. Now, the question is, where does it go long-term? Dallas improved for a while last year, and then it really fell off. And uh, he lasted one year there. You know, in Columbus, he did a good job in Columbus, got them into the playoffs. He did a, a very, very good coaching job in Columbus, and then they couldn't wait to get rid of him. So I think he's done a good job. I think he's changed the mentality of the group. He's made some subtle changes, which I think have been positive. And look, he's been around a long time, and he's, and he's won a lot of games. So he, he deserves credit, in my opinion, and so do the players for adapting and making the changes. And now it's going to be interesting as time goes on. Like last night was a game. I thought they'd win last night in, against a team like Vancouver. But, uh, you know, those things happen. So it, they're going to be in tough, and uh, it's going to be a dog fight. but I, he's going to give them a chance. Doug, it's always as long as his as long as his goaltending keeps playing the way they're playing.
2: Well, I I think that's the backbone of it for sure. Uh, Doug, it's always great to have you on the show. I say this every time you're on. We got to do this more often. So that'll be my resolution for 2019 is to bug you a little more often because it's always fun, man. Thanks for doing this and Merry Christmas.
1: The same to you, man, at any time. Good luck to the oil.
2: Right on. That is Doug McLean checking in from the NHL on Rodgers and of course, a former head coach, general manager in the National Hockey League. Uh, enjoy his perspective, and well, I mean, maybe that's the the subtopic for tonight. Is is it really just all about goaltending? If if the Oilers get Koskinen to keep doing what he's doing and uh, Talbot to play, uh, you know, like he did against St. Louis and, and Minnesota, and like he did in the third period in Winnipeg, is that what it comes down to for the Oilers? But you know, that's going to be a huge part of the story. We'll catch up to some of your texts on six thirty, six thirty. A lot of you getting into this one with uh, Hitchcock's comments over the last 24 hours about some of the interference and uh, non-penalty calls on star player Connor McD. David will up to the out-of-town scoreboard. Kurt Hill's going to join us, GM of the Edmonton Oil Kings, all coming up Inside Sports on 630
3: Chat. This is JC Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chat.
2: Good to have you tuning in tonight, Oilers game tomorrow, Oilers game on Saturday, that's the 22nd, then they'll have another game on the 27th, uh, whatever, it's uh, Christmas Eve a week from now, Christmas Day a week from tomorrow. Kellen Kennedy, mm. you, have you have you completed your Christmas shopping?
1: Uh, about 70% there, 70% there.
2: Uh, do you actually track a percentage? I have a tracker, uh, there's a tracker
4: <laughs> app on my phone. You can get can an use. app. How, yeah, how, yeah, there
2: we go. How close am I to being done, Mike? If that app doesn't exist... Somebody should invent one. Oh, definitely. You'd enter in how many gifts you're buying. So say you got to get two gifts for person X, one for person Y, and you could check them off, and then, you know, your phone would ding. Because people like, maybe your watch could vibrate, just like when you finish your steps. When you finish your Christmas shopping, you'd get a little like, hey, you reached your goal. It is Inside Sports on 630, Chad. Monday Night Football underway, by the way. Late in the first quarter, Carolina leads New Orleans. Seven three, and after all those rumors yesterday the philadelphia flyers have indeed fired head coach dave Hackstall. team has lost 11 of its last 14 gm chuck fletcher making the move today remember it was just a couple of weeks ago he took over for fi- the fired ron Hextall minor league coach scott gordon is the interim replacement there were tons of rumors that uh, joel quinville was going to be stepping in so uh, we'll keep an eye on that situation Uh, A couple of texts here. (laughs) You know what? You can talk about the Oilers' biggest rival, certainly Calgary. You know, Vancouver, there's some natural Canadian, all-Canadian rivalries, even though they don't play the Leafs and Canadians a lot. Those are always fun. But Anaheim is really despised by Oilers fans. There's my brilliant observation of the evening. GC texting in. Now, we're talking about what Ken Hitchcock said about penalties not being called uh, against Connor McDavid. And GC writes in, Getzlaff is one of the dirtiest, chippiest, big babies in the league, and they rarely ever call a penalty on him. This is the other side of the good player penalty situation. Uh, And I love how GC capitalized big babies in that. Showing Getzlaff the respect he deserves. (laughs) As being the, the largest of the big babies. Sylvia says it was frustrating watching the first period yesterday with nothing being called on McDavid. He couldn't get it going. Tell me how exciting is a game when McDavid can't get going because he's being hauled back and there are no... Calls. I understand with my son's peewee team that they won't call it because it's barely teens who are providing the refing. But come on, this is a professional hockey league. I was so disappointed, I literally went and did laundry instead. What a great way to keep people watching NHL hockey. Well, there's some good thoughts from Sylvia to 6 630. 0063. Brian is on the line. Hello, Brian. Hey, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Nice to hear from you.
4: Yeah, nice, nice being able to talk for a change. Excuse my voice. Okay. But, um, you know, I, John McClain had had a very valid point. It it doesn't matter what the player, who it is, a penalty is a penalty. That's the bottom line. I, you know, they've got a rule book, and they stress about the rule book. They've got the disciplinary action for different things. But the rule book is just a book. And it's a book I don't think hardly anybody reads anymore. <laughs> Be, well, it, it, it's the truth. I no, mean,
2: I know what you're saying. I'm, <laughs> I'm laughing with you, not at
4: you. You know, and you watch any game. It's not just the Oilers. It's any game. And, you know, you're, you're constantly, pick plays are just unbelievable. You know, when, when there's, how many pick plays there are in, in the game nowadays. And the holding, and the, you know, it's it's, it's It's just it's so stupid, and whether you know it, I mean you know granted it happened with Gretzky, it happened with Lemieux, it, it happened with Crosby in his younger years, and still does now. The big thing about the differences between that is you know I mean if, if you did one of these plays to Gretzky, you were going to be made uh, to pay for it by the players. You know, if you took out Clark with a, with a dirty, and he was, he was not exactly the cleanest player in the game. Well, yeah, clearly. (laughs) But, but you took on, you, you did a dirty hit on Clark, you took on the whole Flyers. You did it to Orr, you took on the whole Bruins. You know, you did it to Lemieux, you took on all of the, the, the uh, Penguins. Now with the, you know, with the fighting rules and, you know, and I'm not, I'm not condoning that they, that they should be allowing fighting, but if you're going to take fighting out of the game, then you got to start calling these penalties because by God, and, and this will be my final comment. What I'm scared of is going to, there's going to be a frustration factor at some point. Just like when Bertuzzi got frustrated in Colorado, and look what happened there.
2: All right. Well, hopefully it doesn't it doesn't come to that, Brian. But some some really good thoughts for sure. Thanks for listening, buddy. Have a great one. Merry Christmas. Yeah, you too. That is Brian seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Always enjoy hearing from him. Uh, this texture says, "Read two thumbs up for Hitch. I love the way he talks to the media and how he deals with the team. The Oilers are lucky to have him." Uh, Murr, the Flames guy, he goes, thing I noticed is how the pundits were saying the Pacific was so weak. Looked at the standings last night. Calgary, San Jose, Anaheim, Edmonton going strong. Oh, I think Vegas too, Murr. Seems like the Pacific is going to be the division to beat. Good stuff. Oh, and FYI, the Flames are second overall. Insert evil laugh. (laughs) That is from Murray. Hey, I was one of those people. I I didn't think the Pacific would be this good, but we've had Vegas, Edmonton, Anaheim all making pushes, and uh, right now the Pacific has uh, five out of the eight playoff spots in the West, which is the most it can have because it has the two wildcard spots. Hopefully, at the very least, the Oilers can keep it up. We're back uh, after the news with a little more of your feedback, more from Hitchcock and Kurt Hill, Oil Kings General Manager.